0: Anybody sorry they're missing game seven? Did anybody know game seven was going on? It's five nothing Houston right now. Five nothing Houston. Okay, well when you get home you'll find out. That must be Dodger fans. Sorry guys. Turns out it would have been better to go to church than watch the Dodgers play tonight. <laughs> so you made a good choice. Unless there's an incredible comeback. We'll see. So tonight we're going to be Proverbs, the last part of chapter 11, chapter 12. And uh, one of the exciting things, again, as we work our way through the book of Proverbs, is this. Proverbs is a book designed to give us the road signs, to help us understand where we are, what road we're walking. um, In uh, just the regular, everyday parts of life. And the reason he gives us the road sign, so that we can know whether or not we're on the road of life or the road of death, right? We see, we're going to see that theme come up all the time, all the way through to the end. So hopefully uh, you'll be able to see it tonight as well as we continue to work our way through. We'll pick it up in verse 23. Proverbs 11, we'll read this all <clears throat> together first, and then we'll jump in. The desire of the righteous... Ends only in good, the expectation of the wicked in wrath. One gives freely and grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor. But evil comes from him who searches for it. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be the servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more are the wicked and the sinner? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of evil devices he condemns. No one is established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will never be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like the rottenness in his bones." The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man is commended according to his good sense, but one of twisted mind is despised. Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play. The great man and lack bread. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers, but the root of the righteous bears fruit. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of the fool proclaims folly. The hand of the diligent will rule, and the slothful will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads him astray. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious will. In the path of righteousness is life, and... In its pathway, there is no death. Let's pray. Father God, we lift up this section of Scripture that we're looking at tonight, God, and we pray that you would guide us and lead us. Lord, that you would open our eyes, that we might understand your word, the things that your word is teaching, what your word is laying out for us. God, we ask that you would be glorified in this place. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Alright, so we're gonna talk, as we do, we'll take each section, kinda tell you the sections that fit together, and then, uh, kind of what they're about, what they're, what, what the road sign is that they're pointing to. First one is from, uh, 1123 to 27. It's about generosity and selfishness. So these are the two things that we're looking at as a road sign. The generous way of life, selfish, Way of death. Everybody tracking? It's an inclusio. An inclusio simple, simply means that it's, it's in brackets. It's in brackets. And the bracket is um, verses uh, 23 and 24, and, uh, and then uh, 26 and 27. Let's take a look at it. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. The expectation of the wicked in wrath. Now, when we talk about stuff like this, a lot of times... <clears throat> We struggle because we're, we're not paying attention to the concept, which is, where does the road lead? We want to say, well, if I'm righteous, if I do good things, good things happen to me. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if you're on the road of life, it ends in a good place. Are you tracking? If I'm on the road of life, if I'm following the path of life, the desire of the righteous, where does that road end? Good. Life, right? That's the result. That doesn't mean every part of the journey along life's walk is going to be filled with good. We know that by experience, don't we? Yeah, good is, does not always follow the righteous, but good is the end. It's the road. Where's my destination? Where's this road lead? Oftentimes in counseling, I'll, I'll, I'll share with people this idea. You've got to have a goal that you're trying to reach. Are you guys with me? Like, where are you trying to get to? Otherwise, all we are is reactionary. You guys know what I mean by that? We're just waiting for the next bad thing to happen so we can react to it. And that can be a little miserable to live life like that, where you're just trying to react to whatever next bad thing is is gonna come. Far better for us to say, where am I trying to get to? What's my goal? Here's this place that I'm trying to reach. And then as I come to the different intersections along life's journey, I can ask myself, is this turn I'm about to take help me get to, the, to my goal? Does what i am about to do help me arrive where I'm trying to arrive? To, to fulfill what I'm trying to fulfill. So the Lord lays out for us, in his foreknowledge, he tells us where the roads go. So if we're thinking about, well, should I do this? Should I do this little wrong in hopes that it's going to turn out to be a better right? Well, according to the book of Proverbs when you do that you're walking on the path of death and all we can expect in the fruit from what we're planting is devastation nothing good so we want to recognize that prior to making those kind of decisions if that makes sense to you guys hopefully you can see it so the desire of the rich that road the desire of the righteous excuse me that road leads uh, only to good the expectation of the wicked to wrath right where's that road end Where's one road in? We want to understand. Where's this road? If I'm going to turn, if I'm going to take this shortcut in life, does this shortcut go where I'm trying to get? And the Proverbs are all about helping us understand where that is. He says, one gives freely. We would call that being generous, right? And grows all the richer. So he's not poorer for it. Now, does this necessarily mean he grows richer by added God just pouring more wealth into his bank account? Well, maybe, maybe not. There's a lot of ways to value or, or to ascribe value to someone's life, isn't there? He says, one gives freely, he's generous, and grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers <clears> one. <throat> so on one hand, the generous, what do we see? Where's that road ending? Where's it, where is the accomplishment? Uh, it's better. That's going where you want to go. What if I'm selfish? What if I don't want to be generous? What if I don't want to help people? What if I don't want to, to reach out? Well, that person suffers want. What does that mean? The desires are endless and never satisfied. So we think about it. When we come to the Proverbs, we think about which road do I want? In the decisions that I make about the life that I live, which way do I, what, what turn takes me where I want to go? Generous or selfish? Life. Or death. This is the point that he wants us to be able to grasp. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. The one who waters will himself be watered. So we, we have this concept, the path of life. Hey, if I give, what did Jesus say? If you give, it will be given unto you. We're going to see over and over tonight this concept. Do not be mocked. God is not deceived. Whatever a man sows, that will he also Reap. So think about that when we're, when we're coming to those decisions in our life. Do you want people to be generous towards you or selfish toward you? Then what should my reaction be? I want to be generous. Do I want people to give blessing or cursing to me? Oh, I want blessing. So then what is it that I'm sowing? I need to sow blessing. That's the road that I want to take. And that's the point of the proverb. This is the road that we want to take. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Being selfish, holding back things for yourself. That has never been truly the attitude of Christ, has it? That was not, that's not how we learn Christ. Proverbs is about gaining wisdom, wisdom personified in Jesus Christ. It makes sense that the path would be the path that follows him. Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. So if we're if if we're out sowing evil, what comes back? Evil. We're out sowing good. What comes back? Good. We're on the road. We're on the right. We're taking the right path. And that's going to get us where we want to go. The next one is going to talk to us about the source of life. It's from uh, Proverbs 11.28 to 12.4. It also is an inclusio. This is what it says. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. And if the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more, the wicked or The sinner. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of evil devices he condemns. No one is established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will never be moved. And an excellent wife is a crown of her husband, but she who brings shame like rottenness to his bones. So as we look at it, I just want you to kind of see, just back up a little bit and let's put all the pieces that are like together. The flourishing of the righteous is put alongside the failure of the wicked. The idea is that the righteous, the seeds of the righteous grow, the seeds of the wicked don't. They're not bringing back that harvest. So you have the flourishing of the righteous, the failure of the wicked. The flourishing of the righteous is focused on these choices. One at the end, one at the beginning. That's the inclusio. The one at the beginning, spend more time nurturing your children. That's more valuable than the riches you think are so important to pursue. And in the end, it's, it talks about having a good wife, how important it is to have a good wife. Have a good wife. Take time with your kids. This is the path of the righteous. This is the path that flourishes. There are others who would say, well, no, I need to trust in my riches. I need to trouble my own house. That's what the wicked does. He he takes time away. He's, he, he's got to focus on on work, and he's not going to be there for his family. One thing is eternal and the other's not. Checkbook's a lousy way to keep score. We gotta do what we gotta do. God's gonna tell us not to be lazy, not to just lay around and not work. But the other idea is we need to also have the proper value with family. He's gonna trouble his own house, so they will suffer for his goals. What's the end result? What's the middle of the inclusio? It's this? Payday someday. Payday someday. A long time ago, it was very important for me to arrive at certain goals in life. Remember I told you setting a goal and aiming for it? Wanted to have a house by a certain time. I wanted to, there were certain goals for success for our family that was important to me. So in order to achieve those goals, I worked 95 hours a week. I was never home. I don't remember my kids from like one or two years old till five six seven because I was not home you cannot work 95 hours a week and be home you can't work 95 hours a week and have any input into your kid's life later on down that road I realized that that road I was on was not the road I wanted to be on that was not a road of life I wasn't going to be able to to experience the 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 things I wanted to experience with family So I had to decide which was more important, that I had the new house, two boats, two new cars, had all the stuff, you know, had all the payments to go with it, but I had all the stuff, or that I decided, no, I don't need all that stuff, and so we took a step back. We stepped out of that crazy rat race, and we made it more about the kids, trying to be with the kids at the same time i i went to bible college so that was a little bit of a stretch but i was home you know i'll still i'll never forget you guys i don't know if you guys remember this said uh, you remember the early days of word processors no remember the typewriters you used to type on and it, it would store it on a screen and then you'd hit print and it would just print out the paper yeah i thought that was a good idea once so I'm at home writing a 10 page paper and I'm just about at the last sentence. And Cole is chasing Joe or JC or somebody's running around the table. They tripped over the cord and unplugged it. Do you have any idea? They don't save that. Ten pages just went like this. And Cole stopped and he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, run. fast but the cool thing was even during all that even all the ups and downs and all the sideways things i was there i got to be a part and i wouldn't have been able to do those things otherwise and it was important to me and one of the things that proverbs is telling us here the part of the flourishing of the righteous is that they nurture their children what did he say he says whoever troubles his household will inherit the wind it's a mess And the fool will be the servant to the wise, but the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. We want to grow and understand. So the good man obtains favor from the Lord. We want to. We want to pour into those things that are going to bring. and, And sometimes we have to ask ourselves those questions: What am I getting from this? The ability to have this new thing, or that new thing, or that new thing. <clears throat> what is it that I'm gaining? What am I giving up so that I can have that? And then make decisions based on that. What road am I on? Life or death? The things that bring back positive fruit? I enjoy a good relationship. I still get phone calls from my boys today. Uh, go figure. You know, I don't think I was dad of the year by any stretch of the imagination. But I'll get a phone call from both my boys will call me just to ask me about decisions they're going to make or things that are going on in their life. And I'm thankful that they feel like that's something they have the freedom to do and something that they want to do. Because I never had that. I grew up, I, I don't think I've ever called my dad for, for a question. I call him on Father's Day, call him Christmas. But we just didn't have that kind of relationship. Dad provided good for us. We had a good life. Which was more important? That's what Proverbs is all about. What road? Because, you know, I'm thankful that when my kids were little, I made a decision to do something different. Now, when my kids were 18, there was other things I'd like to do different. Right? Anybody, Anybody whose kids are grown get to the end and think, you know, I did everything right. Because we don't talk to me because I don't know if I can handle that. So at at the end, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. But I was I was for one thing. I was thankful for that one part to say, look, here's a road sign God's given. And it's important to take the time that we can. And there's value to choosing the right spouse. How many people know that? There's value to choosing the right spouse, to paying attention to the road signs. Is this the spouse God has for me? These are the, the path of the righteous, the path that leads to life, not troubling our own home. Next we have plans and schemes. Plans and schemes, 12, twelve five through 7. It says this, the thoughts of the righteous are just, the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. So we have these parallels. The words of the wicked lie and wait for blood. But the mouth of the upright delivers them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. You see, are you starting to see the signs? The street signs? Life, death? This is the path you want? This is the path you don't want? So here's the logical progression. The righteous make just plans. The wicked scheme and have deceitful counsel. They're always trying to figure out what can I, what twisted way can I get ahead? That's not the path of the righteous. The righteous make just plans. They, they try to, to do right. The wicked attempt to ambush the righteous with lies, right? Their words are waiting for blood. Their words are lies trying to take people down. You guys know people, we probably have all experienced people, who find it the best way for them to get ahead is to tear you down. But that's not the way of life. That's not the, that's not the, the way of the righteous it says that the righteous are delivered by their integrity. So the righteous know the right thing to do, and that's where they want to stand. I want to stand on the right thing to do. Well, how do I know what the right thing to do is? Well, spend a little time reading the Proverbs. It gives you lots of things not to do and lots of things to do, doesn't it? It's not very hard to figure out where are the decisions of my life being twisted because of uh, listening or following the wrong road sign. So ultimately, when we get to the end, what's the point? The wicked path, where does it lead? Death, destruction. The righteous path, where does it lead? Life. Okay, that's where where we're arriving at. Yeah, if I jump on the wrong road and I reap a harvest, I don't have a right to shake a fist at God saying, why did you let me get here? God's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I told you about them road signs. Are you not looking at them? Do not enter, bridge out. Wrong way, right? So we want to be able to recognize those things that God's Word lays out for us. We have an individual proverb in verse 8 about respect. It says, uh, a man is commended according to his good sense, or according to wisdom, but one of a twisted mind is despised. One of the things he's saying is respect is earned through wisdom. People respect men and women of integrity. People respect men and women who walk in truth. They just do. That's real. That's where that road leads. However it looks, whatever things you may suffer in the meantime, doesn't matter. The, the term here implies that this man, this wisdom, provides him with integrity and the ability to deal with the problems of life. And when people see somebody who's able to accomplish those things, it brings about respect. One of the things that doesn't bring respect is shouting for respect on a corner. Right? Right? Respect me. Why? Why? Well, Show me. Let's watch. Let's see. So the, we have this idea of earned respect in this proverb. Respect is earned by walking in wisdom. Next we have providing for one's need, uh, 12, 9 to 11. It says, better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. The real is better than the pretend. Right? You ever met the guys who can talk a great game, but I don't know if it's real? Basically, what the, what, what the proverb is telling us, is, it's better just to be real, and so you have one servant. And the other guy says he has a hundred. Just, just better to live in the real than out there in the things that aren't real, recognizing our need, better to play, better than playing the great man, pretending, but you don't have enough bread. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. So we have this idea, providing for, for our need. We want to be in the real. We don't want to fake it till we make it. We just want to be real. And then what's he saying? The righteous have regard for life. The way of righteousness has regard for life, whether it's beast or person. There's not a reason to trade one for the other, is there? The, the 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 hypocrisy of saving the whales and killing the babies is a little weird to me, but uh, but you don't have to trade one for the other. The righteous is a path of life; they have regard for life. The Bible teaches us life is sacred. Only the life of man. No, the Bible tells us the life of beast is sacred. Life was in the blood. It was a, uh, it was important. Even the death of the beast and the sacrifice was, was important to the Lord. It had value. And the righteous have a regard for life, but the wicked are cruel. And then ultimately, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. <coughs> so the idea, the way of life, work hard. Work hard. Do what you gotta do. Take care of the things you gotta take care of. Do, you know, go out and, and work the land. Don't be lazy. Don't be sitting around at home on a couch whining about how we don't have any bread. You know, I, I, I frequently, not infrequently, get will get calls. Man, I don't have a job. We need some help. And I don't know if you pay attention, but harvest time, there's lots of jobs. Right? But I have met men who are unwilling to work after two or three phone calls of work that they don't want I stop calling okay you don't you don't want to work you don't want out of the situation what's the path of righteousness the path of life don't be lazy be a good worker if you got to sweep floors sweep floors well whatever it is that we have to do we do the best we can and the idea here is this Paul says it like this, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. Recognizing that I I don't want to have my desires so out of control that I'm not content with anything and I become a slave to my desire, right? So I want to have godly desires. I want to be led by a love for the Lord and a love for Christ. And so I want to learn to be content wherever I'm at. Isn't that what Paul said? Whether I'm abased or I abound... If I got a lot or a little, I'm okay. But in all those ways, it wasn't an excuse for being lazy. You still did the things that were necessary. And this is the path uh, of life. These, these are the fruit signs. <clears throat> Next, he talks about fruit and snares. In uh, Proverbs 12, uh, 12 to 14. Whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers. Always wanting that get-rich-quick scheme. But the root of the righteous bears fruit. The root. The root of the righteous. The the planting of the righteous, that which is sown, bringing forth fruit, being patient and waiting, not looking for the quick scheme. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escape from trouble. An evil man is ensnared. Remember, one of the things that James told us was one of the ways that we reach maturity is to learn to control our mouths, right? What we say. And so here you have this same thing, the difference between fruit and snares. The fruit of a righteous man is going to provide for him. The the snare, the evil plot of the wicked man is going to catch him. What's the snare for the wicked man? His lips, what he says. What's the fruit of the righteous man? His lips, what he says. It's two, different, it's two different ways of looking at it. The righteous escape. Why? Because he is not transgressing with his lips. From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good. And the work of a man's hand comes back to him. The idea, the path of righteousness, work hard, speak truth. That's the way of life. Work hard, speak truth. That's the way of life, the difference between fruit and snares. Next, he has the ability to take advice. Again, a single proverb in verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. We talked about this before. There is a way that seems right to a man. What does that path lead to? Death, right? What, What made a man a fool? Why does the Bible call a man a fool? The fool has said what? There is no God. I'm not submitted. I'm not following. I'm not interested in going that way. So we have a fool who thinks he's right in his own eyes. He knows what the street signs say better than God. So he's going to make his own way. But what does a wise man do? A man who has wisdom, which is a reference to a man who has a relationship with God because God is the source of all wisdom. A wise man does what? He listens. He listens to correction. He listens to advice. He hears the things that are being laid out for him. The difference between the wise and the fools is the ability to take correction. The fool's going to get stripes on his back all his life and never learn. But the wise man wants to learn from those things. Next, we see the use and abuse of our words, the tongue, in uh, verse sixteen to twenty-two. The vexation of a fool is known at once. In other words, when a fool's mad, everybody knows it. But the prudent ignores the insult. Do you ever chew on that a little bit? The vexation of a fool. Somebody said something made him mad, you know it right away. That's the fool. That's the way of the fool. The way of the wise, the prudent, he ignores the insult. you ever known people who bait you? How about somebody poke you with a stick? Stir the pot. We've all heard of these phrases, haven't we? Well, the Bible says a prudent man, a man who understands these things, what is going to ignore the insult? He don't take the bait. The fool jumps in every time. The vexation of the fool is known at once. The idea of the use and abuse of our words. So you either have you have this comparison, thoughtless reactions are compared with thoughtful reflection. Thoughtless reaction. Somebody said something, boom, there's an explosion. But the wise, thoughtful reflection. He doesn't respond. He doesn't take the insult. Just just takes a moment. Takes a moment, consider what's going on. And then that's compared with honesty and lying. Look at verse 17. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence. Honesty is important. But a false witness utters deceit. God doesn't like a liar. One is a path of life, one's a path of death, right? One leads to good fruit, one leads to bad fruit. Verse 18. Now we'll see reckless words and healing words. Look at it. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Okay, so words that hurt, right? If, if we are married, we have experienced this at some point. We've said, I think most of us who have been married have said things we regret. Wish I hadn't said that. You know, sword thrusts. Words that hurt. That's not the path of life. That's not the path we want to walk. What's the path we want to walk? The tongue of the wise does what? Brings healing. The book of Hebrews says this, that we're to encourage one another while it is called today. Last I checked, every time it's today, it's called today. Right? So as long as it is today, we're to be encouraging. Build up, cheer up, stir up. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. How many corrupt words are you allowed? That was not a trick question, right? <clears throat> so if, if the Bible says no corrupt words, how many corrupt words is that? None. Really? You're kidding. I usually give myself 10 or 15, just so at least I get to let a little steam out. No, is that wrong? Well, it's not the, it's not the pathway of life, right? The pathway of life a mature person is able to control their tongue, their lips, their tongue speaks healing. The tongue of the fool, that brings pain. The difference between hurting words and healing words, compared together. Which one is the path that we want to take? Which is the way we want to we want to look? Look at verse 19, it goes back to honesty and lying again. Truthful lips endure forever. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. It's like the chorus between each one of the Proverbs. Honesty is better. It's better to be truthful than to be a liar. It's better to be honest than to walk in lies. And that's verse 19. Then in verse 20, we have this idea. Plotting evil or promoting peace. Look at verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. Coming up with some evil plan. Some way to get over and. I bet every one of us have, have watched a show on TV where that's all it is about how one one group of people or somebody's trying to... Re- reality TV, that's the whole thing of reality TV, isn't it? How can I deceive everybody else on my team so I can win the money at the end or whatever the, whatever the goal is? And And people love to watch it. The plotting of evil. <laughs> but the other side of that, those who plan peace have joy. The Bible says no, that's not the way of life. Maybe you win the show. Maybe you become, get your 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, that's a horrible thing to trade for where the road ends up, right? But those who promote peace, now they have joy. There's life on that road. We get it? There's life there, not death. Then we have verse 21. Trouble to the wicked, but not to the righteous. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Again, here's how I want you to see that. Where does the road end? Where does the road for the righteous end? Not with trouble. The road to righteous does not plummet into hell. The road of the wicked does. One leads to trouble, one doesn't. You get what I'm saying? Does not mean, he's not trying to tell us, if I'm righteous, I'm never going to run into trouble. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, where does the road go? Where does this path end? we got to stop thinking in terms of instant gratification. I need to be instantly satisfied. If I make a decision, then everything should be good. Where in the world does that ever work? Kathy and I did a, started a savings account a few years ago. And uh, I try not to ever look at it, because it's depressing how little is in there. Even though we started with, you know, so much, and, and there's all this investment or whatever stuff they're supposed to do with it, but in the end, all that investment in a year is like a quarter. I made a quarter. Yeah, it's, it's not how quick is it going to come, it's what's that account going to look like 20 years from now? Are you tracking with me? And it's the same way when we look at a proverb. It's not about instant gratification. Oh, if I, if I tell the truth today, then tomorrow nothing bad will happen to me. No, if you tell the truth today, you're on the road that leads to life. Make sense? No trouble will befall you if that road takes you where you want to go. This is the point that he's laying out for us. Verse 22 goes back to honesty and lying again. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are His delight. Which one's a path of life? Lying or telling the truth? And He's going to build on these ideas all the time. And there's so many of them in so many ways. And I know we look at it and we say, well, it's, everything's saying the same thing. Yeah, but He breaks it down into all these different avenues of life for us. So that we can look at them practically and say, what is the street sign on the road I'm walking on? the choices I'm making in my job today, the things I'm doing in my life today, the Proverbs are all about giving us wise, pithy sayings that are street signs to tell me, am I on the road that goes where I want to go? Is this the road that leads me where I want to be? The next one we see now is uh, the wholesome life. (laughs) The wholesome life, verse 23 to 28. Six verses all laid in parallels. Hopefully... We'll be able to see some of these ideas. First, 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fool proclaims folly. Okay, You have the difference between prudence and emotion. Prudence and emotion. Prudence is, when it says it, uh, it conceals knowledge, it's the idea that the prudent person is not out telling everybody else's business to somebody else. Do you appreciate people like that? Or do you like it when people take your dirty laundry and hang it out in front of the house for everybody who drives by to look at? I prefer to do my laundry where nobody can see. I don't like doing it in front of everybody. That's how I prefer to deal with trouble as much as is possible. To to deal with it, you know, behind the closed doors of my home. As much as I can. The Bible tells us that a prudent man conceals knowledge, he doesn't display it it's compared to a fool a fool who emotionally proclaims everyone else's folly oh you won't believe what this guy did what stupid thing they did come on we all know people like that one is the path of life one's not so we can continue to excuse our behavior in one side or the other but we need to recognize (laughs) the street sign, here's the parallel prudent or emotionism, emotionalism, just just being excited to tell somebody else's folly. Verse 24, diligence and laziness. The hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. The diligent, the guy who's out being diligent, take when it's time to work, it's time to work. It's time to play, play, right? We all get that. It's nothing new. So the idea, the comparison, the parallel between diligence and laziness. And then the next parallel between anxiety and joy. Look at 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Anx- Nobody, does the Bible say, you know what? We should be worried every day. Does the Bible say worry about everything? Is that what it teaches us? Hey, I know. Be worried. Because by worrying... You can change all your circumstances. No, that doesn't seem right, does it? The Bible says don't be be anxious for how much? Nothing. Oh my gosh, that's another one of those things where it doesn't give us any place for anxiety. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. So we, we want to recognize the comparison. Life, death, the path, the street signs, what do they look like? Well, do I want to be anxious or do I want to have joy? I I want to have joy. I want to be able to rejoice. So what was the key of rejoicing? A good word makes him glad. A good word. Now, stop thinking about receiving and start thinking about giving. Start thinking about the idea of sowing. Okay? I want to, if I want good words to come back to me, what do I do? It's not complicated, right? It's not complicated. The idea is if I want, if I want people to speak well of me, what do I do? Speak well of others, right? If I want love in return, what do I give? Love. If I want respect, what do I give? See, the idea is not all that complicated. That's what it means when the Bible talks about living in our integrity. Walking the path that God has for us to walk. So when it says, a good word makes me glad, it's the ability to give it. Because the Word of God declares, it is better to give than... You ever given somebody something and really got a kick out of doing it? You ever given somebody a Christmas who wasn't going to have one and watched the, the joy on their face and been energized by it? Man, I, I know not very many people get the opportunity, but I, I actually got to go with the shoebox uh, <coughs> ministry one time and deliver. Give them to kids. And it was, I'll never forget, it was amazing was incredible. to watch, the joy. You know, when we pack a shoebox here, you know, and we pray over it, but we don't get that, that kind of gratification. But it's, it's so important when you get to see it. When you get to see that, that joy, that giving, that pouring yourself out, that helping somebody else out gives. I don't think there's been too many times where, where I see somebody, you know, with a flat tire on the side of the road, and I pull over and help them, that I feel worse about having helped them when I'm done. Most of the time, it's like, man, I, I'm glad I stopped. There is what? What, what happened? I, there's joy. A good word brought joy. It brought joy back. And I think that's what we want to see as we take a look at the parallel. So we have prudence and emotion, diligence and laziness, anxiety and joy. Then the next set, caring and, and uncaring. Let's take a look at it. It says, one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads him astray. One guy cares about his neighbor doing something wrong, and the other guy doesn't. In other words, one guy sees a guy, his neighbor, having problems cutting down a tree in his front yard, and he goes over and helps. And the other guy, he could care less. He's like, you know, oh, I know it. I'm going to go over there and tip the tree over on my neighbor's house. You know, what? It, <clears throat> the difference between one cares and one doesn't care. This is a parallel that Proverbs is laying out. The path, the street signs we we want to see. Then you have laziness and diligence again. Look, whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but a diligent man will get precious well. And if you're diligent, you're going to have the things you need when you need it. If you're lazy, you're going to have empty hands. And you're going to come to times of celebration and you have nothing to celebrate with. So the call in the Word, don't be a lazy man. Be diligent. And then the, the third couplet, if you will, we see in verse 28, in the path of righteousness is life. Where does righteousness lead? Life. You catching kind of the idea of what Proverbs is all about? This is a way of life. This leads to life. And in its pathway, there is no death. Man, we want to be able to go to life. So then what is it saying on the positive end? We want to, we want to understand the, the reality of, uh, of the things that promote life and the things that undermine and that 's kind of the parallels right that which promotes life, being prudent, being diligent, having joy that promotes life right are you guys with me and and being emotional and lazy and having anxiety that undermines life, which one is the path that we want to walk, being caring and diligent. And following life, man, that's great. I don't want to be uncaring and lazy. That's a road of death. That's not leading to the place where, where I want to go. So ultimately, the culmination of the two paths laid out for us again. This is the way of life. This is the way of death. This is the way of wisdom. Wisdom always is connected with relationship with God because He's the source of wisdom. This is the way of the fool disconnected from God, so therefore disconnected from the source of wisdom. Proverbs all about giving us street signs. It's not a bad book to park in and just spend some time reading in so that we can take a look at our lives and say, what street am I on right now? And is it the road I want to be on? Is this the road that leads where I want to go? Or is this a road that leads to a place I don't want to go? And if it is, is it hard to change roads? Not any more than it is to change the road out here, right? If I want to not be on Broadway, all i got to do is what? Turn. The word for turn is repent. Change. Change direction. Simple. So simple, the concept of walking in wisdom. Amen? Why don't you stand with us? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we do thank you for the opportunity to study your word, to, to just... Hopefully, God, get into it, turn it over, look at it. Maybe just develop an eye that says, well, I can see now the profitability of the book of Proverbs, telling me this path is the one that takes you where you want to go. This path takes you where you don't want to go. And Lord, to recognize my part in that is to look at it and say, which one am I? Am I acting like the fool or the wise? Am I following the path of life or the path of death? Paying attention to the street signs in life is what a prudent man does. A man who is following Christ recognizes when he's got off track. And he confesses, repents, and gets on track. Lord, I pray that we, your church, would begin to recognize the street signs that lead us through life. And make the choices that glorify you. God, we pray your blessing... On this time, Lord, as we give you thanks, in Jesus' name, amen.